This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Parsha Zachrimais Kedashim Tavshin Pei. Parsha Kedashim, among the many mitzvahs, in Perik Yutas, Pasik Tes, the Pasik tells us, When you harvest your field, Don't harvest a corner of it. Rashi explains, Shiyaniach Peya Besosadeu. You should leave over for the poor a corner of your field. So we know every field has four corners. You can harvest the whole field except the corner you should leave over. And that's for the poor person. There are other mitzvahs. There's leket, there's shecha. There's a mitzvah of peya to leave over that corner. Amazingly, the Gemara tells us a very interesting halacha. The Gemara in Shabbos, Chav Gimel tells us that when you take peya, Yishvil Arba Dvarim, because of four reasons, Omra Tire, the Tire told us, that when you're leaving over Peya, you should do it at the end of the harvest. In other words, you have a big field and you want to go and decide in the middle, you know what, I'm going to leave this section over for Peya and then continue harvesting the field. You're not allowed to do that. You have to leave it over for the end. In fact, if you decide to leave over a portion of your field, even if it's greater, than what you would have left over for the payah. You decide to leave over a middle part of, for payah, and you call that this is payah, but you didn't do it at the end of the field. In other words, you were still harvesting. The lucky is, not only does that become payah, but you still have to leave over a corner. And the Gemara gives four reasons why it's so important to leave over payah for the end of the harvest. You cannot do it in the beginning or in the middle. It's got to be at the end. The second reason the Gemara gives the Gemara says, Because otherwise you're going to make the Ani idle. Just stand there doing nothing. What's going to happen? They're going to come over and they're going to say, In other words, you're going to have a poor person walking by and he's going to see a fellow harvesting his field. And he looks and he says, Wow, this is a big field. This person's going to take him four or five days a week, maybe two weeks, to harvest the whole field. I don't know when he's going to leave over the payah. So I have to sit here and wait. He'll wait there one day, two days, not knowing at what point the owner is going to leave over the corner of the field. And therefore, says the Torah, you have to leave it over at the end. This way, if a poor person's walking by and he sees you harvesting your field, he takes a look, says, ah, oh, I got at least another three, four days or whatever it is. And then I'm going to come back so I can make sure to get some of the corner. That's amazing what the terror is telling us. You may think, you know what, I'm the big guy here. I'm the one who's doing the tzedakah. I'm the one who's giving the tzedakah. What's the difference how I give it? So I'll have to wait a little. Let the poor guy wait a little. Says the terror, no. No, if you're going to do the right thing, do it the right way. The right thing is to give him tzedakah, do it the right way. Don't make him wait. What an important lesson the terror is teaching us. Of course we have to give tzedakah. But we have to do it in the right way. Because when we give tzedakah to somebody else, we show that he's our brother, he's our sister. We care about him. I'm not just giving it to you because I have to give it to you. I'm giving it to you because I care about you. About 30 years ago, there was a bachar in Israel. An Israeli, he lived in Israel, and he was in yeshiva. He was about 16 years old. He was riding the bus to go home. And there's music playing in the back on the radio. He wasn't really paying attention. 
and all of a sudden the newscaster breaks on and he says, we've interrupted this program for a special broadcast. Israel get very nervous, something means there's a war, Chasm breaking out. And the host, radio host gets on, he says, listen here, there's a 10-year-old boy who called the radio show. I want you to hear what he has to say. They put this little boy on, and his boy gets on, he starts to say, please, my father passed away a few months ago. My mother found a job, she's working, but she's finding it very difficult to support five of us. And three months ago, we got a notice from the electric company that our electricity is going to be turned off if we don't pay. But we didn't have any money to pay it. And then two months ago, we got the same notice, and we still didn't have any money. And a month ago, we got our final notice. We put together whatever little money we had, and we sent it in, but it wasn't anywhere near what the minimum payment should be. And they went and they shut off our electricity. It's been two days now we're living at home without any electricity. Please, could somebody help us? Somebody help us. There's nothing that we can do. We owe 1,800 shekel. This is 30 years ago. We have no way of getting that money. Could someone please help us? Then a radio host gets on. He says, you all heard the cries of that little boy. If anybody can help. He gave out the number of the radio station. And they went back to playing the music. Rafi's sitting on the bus. He hears this. And for some reason, he got energized by hearing this. And he felt, you know, this is my calling. I can do something. And he got off the bus at the next stop. He quickly went to a payphone, put it in a Simone to make a phone call. And he calls up the radio station. And he says, I just heard that broadcast of that little boy. I'm going to put that money together. I'm going to put together all 1,800 shekel. Please call up the family and tell them right now that they don't have to worry, it's going to be taken care of. And the broadcast looks, are you sure you're going to do this? Absolutely. Please call them up. They're going to have the money. They shouldn't be worried even now. Okay, so he realizes that if you're going to do something, if you're going to do the right thing, do it the right way. And he went and he started to go. He looked in his wallet. How much money do I have? And he looked inside. He had almost 200 shekel. Give every penny that he had. Then he started to go store to store. Telling people what's going on. There are a lot of people who heard the broadcast. They gave money, 20 shekel, 50 shekel, 100 shekel, 5 shekel. And it took him many hours. Until finally, he put together all 1,800 shekel. He called the radio station. And he says, I have the money, I'm coming over right now. He gave him the address to someone in Romema. He runs over to the radio station and he gives him a stack, a bunch of different bills and coins. Here's the $1,800. Please give it to the family. The radio host looks at him and says, Who are you? He says, Me? He goes, I'm, I'm a fellow Jew. I heard the broadcast. I heard the little boy. He says, What's your name? My name? My name is Rafi. Rafi? What, what, that's it? What's your family name? He says, Look, this is not about me. That family needed help. Of course I went and put the money together. Please give it to them. My name is not important. Rafi turned around and he walked away. And that was the story. Rafi didn't tell anybody what he did. And that's the story. Many years later, about 15 years later, Rafi already got married, had children, and now he was in a yeshiva in Yerushalayim. And he was teaching in the morning, learning in the afternoon. Well, one day, while he finished teaching his morning classes, 
getting ready to leave. And he, another fellow Rebbe walking next to me, looks at me and says, Rafi, why so down? You look pretty sad. He says, well, you know, I'm going home now for lunch, and uh, I don't know what's going to be. He says, everything okay? He says, what should I tell you? They shut off my electricity. He says, what? Why did they shut off your electricity? He says, well, you know what's going on, Yeshiva. You haven't gotten paid in two months. And uh, the way expenses have been, I haven't had money to pay. He says, really? He says, maybe I can help you. He says, yeah, I owe 3,800 shekel. What are you going to do? You're not in any different boat than I am. And as they're talking, another Rebbe walks by and says, did you just say that your electricity's turned off? Now Rafi's getting a little embarrassed, didn't want this to be a whole. He said, yeah, my electricity shut off. He says, really? How much money do you owe? He says, uh, 3,800 shekel. He says, wait here one second. Goes outside. Rafi doesn't know what's going on. His friend doesn't know what's going on. He comes back in two minutes later. He says, give me your number. He says, my number? You have my number. You call me all the time. No, no, not your phone number. Your meter number. Your meter number to your, your, for your electric. He says, you know, I haven't had the bill on me. He takes out the bill, gives it to him. He says, one second. Walks outside. Comes back three minutes later and says, here's your bill back. It's been paid in full. He says, what? It's 3,800 shekel. Yep, it's paid in full. Oh, really? You have 3,800 shekel? No, I don't have, but my aunt has. He says, your aunt? Who's your aunt? He says, let me tell you. My aunt once told me that if I ever see anybody in trouble with their electric bill, I should call her right away. For some reason, she got into this thing. I should call her right away. This is only the second time I'm seeing this. I called her up. I told her. She took the number. She took care of it. Here you go. Rafi was amazed. He went home. By the time he got home, it took him 40 minutes to get By the time he got home, the electricity was on already. His wife was so excited. And she says, Rafi, what did you do? Where did you get the money from? He says, I didn't. I have no idea. So you have no idea. And he tells her the story. So she says, we have to call her up. We have to thank her. So Rafi calls his friend. Friend gives him the aunt's number. And they both call up. And she says, you know, you paid my electric bill today. I am so grateful. I'm home with my children, my wife. I am so grateful to you. She says, okay, you're welcome. So she sa he says to her, why did you do it? You have no idea who I am. So she says, you know, let me tell you. Many years ago, I was a widow with five little kids. And I had no money. And my electricity was shut off. And I was stuck. I had no one to turn to. I owed money to everybody already. And then this fellow went and he collected money for me and he put money together for me and he gave it to me. I have no idea who that Malach is, but he saved my life. He saved my five kids' life. And I was so grateful to him. I decided that someone can go and do that for a stranger. If that's what Kleisrol is, if somebody can do that for a stranger, I also want to do that. If he can help out his fellow brothers and sisters that way, even if he doesn't know who they are, I also want to do the same thing. So I took upon myself right at that moment. When I get into a better situation, Mir Tashem, I'm also going to help others with this problem. We married, and we have some money now, and that's what I do. So Rafi was quiet, and he looked, and he says, tell me, what's this person's name? Because I have no idea, he didn't want to say all he said was his name was Rafi. And Rafi, full of emotion now, tells her, says, it was me. It was I. 
I'm the one. I'm that Raf you collected the money for you all those years ago. And they both started crying. And they both realized what a schus they have to be part of such a nation that goes out of the way to help their fellow brothers and sisters, even if they have no idea who they are. Because if you're going to do the right thing, do it right. Have a wonderful Shabbos. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.